Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Look with me in 2 Samuel chapter 21 and verse 15. I have loved this story. I never preached on this story until a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago at Free Chapel in Gainesville, Georgia. And uh, I really was not... I just had a few thoughts and, and just walked up and started preaching out of my heart more than anything else. And I do believe it's a word from the Lord for people here today. I don't even know if I'm going to preach this in the next service. By the way, tonight I'm going to preach, the Lord willing, in the 4 and 6 o'clock, a message that is a must hear. You have got to hear the message I'm going to preach tonight. It's an illustrated message. I'm going to use two major illustrations in it that you will never forget. And it's one of the most important messages I've ever preached on how to make wise choices in bad times. How to make wise choices. I don't worry about people making wise choices in the good times. It's in the, you got to make wise choices when life gets tough. And I'm going to share some things with you tonight that, that I'm telling you, you need to get everybody you can hear. It's, one, it's a powerful word from the Lord in the 4 and 6 o'clock service. But look with me in 2 Samuel chapter 21. And I'll begin reading with verse 15. This is an amazing story. When the Philistines were at war with Israel, David and his servants went down and fought against the Philistines. Notice this. And David grew faint. And Ishbibanab, who was one of the sons of the giant, whose weight of a bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought that he could kill David. And Abishai, the son of Zerah, said to his aid, uh, came to his aid and struck, Abishai came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore unto him, saying, You shall not go out no more with us to battle, lest they quench the lamp of Israel. Now it happened afterward that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob, and Sibachai, the Hashtite killed Seth, who was one of the sons of the giants. And again, there was war at Gob, and the Philistines were, uh, with, with the Philistines, were Elhanan, the son of somebody that I'm not going <laughs> to say, or I might say a cuss word, say amen, come on. The Bethlehemite killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, with a shaft of a spear and a weaver's beam. And then verse 20, yet again there was war with Gath, and there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number, and he was also born to the giant. So when he defiled Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shema, David's brother, killed him. These four were born to to the uh, giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. I've loved this story for a long time and, and I've wanted to preach on it, but I could never really f- figure out the angle. And I, I, I want to share with you something today that I hope comes out. When you, when you read this story, it, it's almost like there's two different Davids. There's, there's David in the Bible who was a giant killer, a, a lion slayer, uh, a bear. He killed a bear. He killed a lion. He killed the, the, the tormentor of Israel, Goliath, powerful. 
He was so bloody. He was so powerful. He was so mighty in battle. I don't know if we understand when we read these stories, this man was something on a battlefield. He could fight. But then you come to this chapter, and he's older. He's much older. He's an older man. The, I, I looked it up, and they said they, they estimate between 55 to 60 years of age. And the Bible said that he goes out onto the battlefield this time. And he, if you have a King James, it said, and David waxed faint. He waxed faint. He was, he was weary. He ran out of strength. He was fighting a giant. The other men that were with him in his army were fighting their own personal battles. But he started fighting another giant. There was Goliath, and Goliath had four brothers. And that's what the story is talking about. The four brothers, and one of the brothers of Goliath now comes against David many, many years later with tremendous hatred for what he had done to his brother. And the Bible said he brought a new sword. This, this giant had a new sword that he's bringing against this, this legend. This, I mean, this is the one that... that that they've talked about in Philistines around campfires, how that David slew their champion, Goliath, and now he's fighting finally. He's face to face with the one who slew his brother. And David is a much older man, and he hits him. And when he hits David, the, the, uh, if you read the original text in it, it says that he was severely wounded. He was severely wounded. He was almost dead, one translation said. But Abishai secured him and smote the Philistine and killed him. And after the battle, they said, you cannot go out and fight giants anymore. You're the light of Israel. We will not let you go out and do what you've been doing. David, in his reputation, was a bona fide giant killer. I mean, he was the one that nobody else, when nobody else was capable of fighting giants, it was David who would take them on. He was only 17 years old when he fought Goliath. He was not afraid. He ran to Goliath. David is called in Scripture the shepherd of Israel. So he is a picture of your shepherds, of your pastor, of your leaders. And if you have a... And you do, if you have a pastor and pastors that are called of God, and this is almost going to sound like a self, little bit of a self-serving message, but it's not. It's, I want you to see the spiritual principles behind what I'm saying. That if you have a pastor who is called by God, and you do sitting on this front row, a whole row of them, that are anointed by God for your city, who carry a burden for your city, you might as well know they are bona fide giant killers. They're not here to play games. They're not here to hold the fort. They're not here to play church. I'm looking on this front row at giant killers. By that, I mean David was a bona fide giant killer. He could handle the power plays of Joab. He could handle the mud slinging of Shimei. He could handle the rebellion of Absalom. He could handle the unforgiveness of Hiphophel. 
He was anointed as God, as shepherd over Israel. And if there were any giants that encroached upon the congregation and upon the people, you didn't have to beg him to fight them. All you had to do was sit up in the bleachers and watch him. And when you've got a real pastor, the anointing of God will come on him. And if, if the giant of, uh, of carnality comes into a church, the Spirit of God will come on him. And you'll watch him kick that cat off the porch. I'm going to just preach like we preach in Georgia. And he'll fight any giant. He'll fight the giant of lack of provision. We don't have the money. He'll get out there and kill it. He, he's a giant killer. Real men of God are bona fide giant killers killers. They fight against the odds. They fight when nobody else believes. When the rest of the army trembles, they say we can do it. They're giant killers. They know how to fight. They know how to handle a sword and a spear. But something went wrong on this day. And the clue is in the giant's name that David was fighting. His name was Ishbibanab. Ishbibanab. And his name, if you look it up in a Bible dictionary, it means to sit down and be fruitful. His name is a complete misnomer. How can you get a crop and a harvest by sitting down and doing nothing? And the point that I want you to see is this. David could kill every giant that came against him, but there was one that almost killed him and could have killed him had he not got help. And it was the giant who was called, I'm just going to sit down and expect the church to be fruitful. I'm just, I want the church to grow. I just don't want to get involved. I want the church to reach Orange County because God knows they're going to hell and people are lost. But that's the preacher's job. That's your giant. And the one giant that can kill a pastor and a shepherd, a man who really carries a burden for church, cannot be appeased with the size house you give him, cannot be appeased by the amount of money that you put in his check. A real called bona fide giant killer pastor who's in it for the right motive, he's after one thing. I must see souls, 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 more, 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 more. And the greatest danger to that pastor Pastor is when a congregation says, let's just sit down and expect to be fruitful. It'll kill his vision. It'll kill his dream. It'll kill his call. It'll kill his faith. He'll lose heart. And what drugs couldn't do and what sexual immorality couldn't do and what the giant of adultery couldn't do and what the giant of this or that are messing with the money. He killed that giant. He doesn't have any of those issues. But the one thing that I've seen through the years kill more pastors and their dream is this giant that says to a congregation when he gets up and the enemy whispers to him, they won't help you. They're not going to believe. They're not going to be a part of the vision. They're not really going to rally behind you. You're all by yourself fighting this giant. He's God called. And he's saying, give me children lest I die. I got to reach more. And, and, and Ishbibanath says, you try. Nobody will help you. Nobody will undergird you. 
Nobody will support your dream. Nobody will give to it. Nobody will uh, help you uh, and volunteer and work and build a mighty church that will become a harvest in this area. A harvester. People won't do that. They just want to come to church in Orange County. This is what the devil tells the, the shepherd. They just want to come to church and sit down and let it grow if it grows. But it's not my battle. I have my own battles. That's what we pay you to do. And here's the point is you got Abishai. And he's fighting his little battles. And he's not fighting giants. Nobody had ever killed a giant in Israel but David. And so they didn't try to take on the giants. And Abishai's fighting his own personal little battles. He's fighting his own little issues. I got this problem at work, and I got this problem, and I get this. And yeah, I love you, Pastor, and I'm behind you, and I really love Free Chapel. It's a great church, praise God. But, but, but you know, I'm fighting this, and I'm fighting that, and I got deadlines, and I really don't have time. And he looks across the field while he's fighting his battle. This guy named Abishai, one of David's mighty men, and just as he glimpses across the field, he sees this giant take a new sword and hit David. And when he hit him, it astonished Abishai because he realized, oh, the Bible actually, if you read the commentaries, he actually thought he was dead. He hit him so hard. One translation said it like this. He, he was, he was semi-comatose. This seasoned warrior watched David get hit. And when he gets hit, he goes down. And he's semi-comatose. The legend, the, the, the shepherd of Israel, the mighty king, David, the psalmist, the, the mightiest king who has ever sat on the throne. And this giant, why is he, was he bigger than Goliath? He was only half the size of Goliath. Read it. His, his sword and shield only weighed 300 shekels. And the Bible said that the other guys weighed uh, 600. Goliath was 600. He was only half the size. But this, this spirit had the power to take him down. Watch this. He's laying there. He's bleeding. And in my mind, I, I, could, hear, I could hear that giant... As he stands with a big old belly laugh. Ha 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 ha. I got you. I've been waiting. I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about you. You killed my brother Goliath. You, you disgraced my people, the Philistines. But I got you this time. You're helpless. David couldn't even... His blood is spurting out of him. He's laying there semi-comatose, mortally wounded. And, and, and he brings that new sword back and he's belly laughing. This giant standing over him with one foot about to take David's head off. When all of the sudden, something inside of Abishai turned. When he saw that, that, that leader, that shepherd, that pastor fighting that giant. And it was getting the best of him. And suddenly he said, I cannot just fight my own personal battles. 
I've got to get a greater vision of what life is really about. It's not just about me and my personal battles, but there is a kingdom that is at war here. There is a kingdom that is at stake. There is a purpose and there is a cause that is greater than my paycheck and my house payment and my car. It's, it's the kingdom of God. And if I don't do something, we're going to have a funeral. And I've never done it before, but something stirred in his spirit. I've never fought a giant before. That's always been the preacher's job. But that's the man that, 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 that found me when I was in a cave. And that's, that's how David's men were. They were in debt. They were in distress. They were, they were wiped out. They were not winning. And he whipped them into champions. And now they're seeing him about to be killed. And Abishai starts running across the field like a wild man screaming, No, no. And, go, and that giant turns around. Come on, are you with me? That giant, come on, use your imagination a little bit. That giant turns around and he's belly laughing at big old toothless wonder. Ha 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 ha. Oh, if I can kill him, I can take you on. But here comes Abishai and he says, you can't kill him unless you go through me. And one can put a thousand to fight, but two can put 10,000 to fight. And you've been fighting him individually. You've never fought him and me together. That's the man that prayed for me. That's the man that helped me. That's the man that rescued me. That's the man that had a word for me when my life was falling apart. And I'm not going to let the giant kill him. I've got to find a way to help him. It's interesting that Abishai was one of the three warriors that when David wanted a drink of water from a well on another occasion... And he said, oh, that I had a cup of water from the well of Bethlehem. And Bethlehem was controlled by the Philistines at that time. And Abishai and two other men said, if that's what our king wants, bless God, we're going to get him a cup of water. And they ran through the front line of the Philistines, two of them fighting and one of them carrying a cup of water. It's that spirit of loyalty. There's a spirit about that. There's a spirit about that that says, I, 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 I have loyalty to my leader. There's something about that, that that is powerful when a church and a congregation, when you say to this youth pastor, you're not in it alone. When you say to this music pastor, you're not in it alone. When you say to Ben and you say to Javon, you're not in it alone. I promise you, I've got your back. Then the enemy knows, oh my God, we cannot stop. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Everybody take a praise break and say, we got to stay together. Shout loyalty. Don't you talk about my pastor. Don't you talk about my church. Don't you talk about my ministry. Don't you talk about our music. Don't you talk about nothing in my church. Because we got each other's back. You never hear 50 demons splitting off and starting a new hell. Why can't the church come together? 
Why can't we, why can't we realize that even our leaders, if Jesus collapsed under the weight of the cross, every once in a while, even leaders need some Abishai's who'll say, you don't have to be Superman. I'll be faithful. I'll be loyal. Even when it looks like nothing's happening, I'm on your side and I'm not going to sit down and expect it to be fruitful. What do you need, Pastor Ben? I'll do it. I'm not going to let the giant of sit down because he'll never call you on the battlefield. David never said, help. And a real man of God won't say, help, help. But he'll go back and he'll weep and he'll cry over the vision because he doesn't see the people coming undergirding that he needs. But here's Abishai. I see him running, boy. I believe, I believe something got a hold of him. And he's running across there and he says, no. And he's fighting and he's swinging and he's ducking and he's hitting and jabbing and stabbing and fighting. And at the same time, he gets the giant off of balance and he reaches down and slaps David in the face. Come on, David, stay with me. Don't die, man. I know you're in a coma, but don't go anywhere. Don't you fight. You fight. Get away. Get, get, get off that man. Come on, David. Come on, David. Come on, David. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And he fights. And he kills the giant. He didn't know that there was a giant killer in him. God never intended this church to be a one-man show. He says it's really about raising up other giant killers. I want you to get contagious courage. It's not about the day of hot shots in the kingdom. is over and now it's about you train me and you fight the giant today but bless God I'm not going to let you fight it alone I can take on the giants too it's contagious courage Abishai secured S-U-C U-R-E-D. That's not a word that we're, that we're used to. I thought it meant, well, they spelled, you know, they, when they, they spelled it wrong. It's secured. But no, no, it means to bear him up gently. One translation said, poured water in his mouth and held him and carried him off the battlefield. He landed the right blow, killed the giant, and picked him up, running through the field, Saying, this is the light of Israel. I will not let my man of God die at the hands of sit down and be fruitful. And that day, maybe a week later, they're sitting around the campfire and everybody say, come on, Abishai, tell us that story again. And he starts to tell it and all of a sudden he hears, ah. And it's another giant coming down. Let me get his name right. I believe the Bible said his name was Seth. He was the brother of Goliath. And Abishai says, boys, I'll finish this story in just a minute. But I'm so full of courage and boldness. I killed that other giant. I'm ready to preach again. 
If the preacher can't preach, we ought to have laymen that can preach better than I can, better than Ben can. This day of, of letting the preacher do it all, it's over. We're the church. We're the kingdom. You can make a difference. Are there any Abishai's in the house this morning who are not content to sit on your blessed assurance? While there's a battle going on for the souls of this city. And Abishai says, but I got to go whip me a giant. And all of a sudden there was a guy by the name of Sibachai and he grabs him by the hand. He says, just hold on there. I about had all I'm going to have of you and David whipping all the giants. When I saw you do it, something in me said I could do that. And bless God, I don't intend to sit around this campfire and shout about the giants you have slain and David has slain when there's a giant killer in me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And Shibakai goes out and kills a giant. Contagious courage. Because I saw you do it. I'm going to do it. And here comes, here comes uh, Sibakai back to the camp. He's got swag. Yeah. I killed him. Next week, he's sitting around still telling his story halfway in the middle of it. They hear, Rrr! it's another giant. And one of the other mighty men says, hold it. It's my turn. See, I'm tired of begging people to get involved. Begging people to give. Begging people to worship. Begging people to, to build the church. I'm believing that there's coming an anointing on the body of Christ where, where we volunteer in the day of battle. And we say, I'm just, I'm just looking for a chance to fight a giant. And this guy runs out and kills the giant and comes back and he's rejoicing. And then there's only one giant left in all of the land. And this is what the Bible said about him. He was a bad dude. How do you know that? Because the Bible said that he had six toes, six, 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 six fingers. I mean, you couldn't even play this little piggy went to the market good. With You'd get all confused. This is demonic. Six is the number of man. This is a bad dude. And what, I, what blessed me is the Bible said Jonathan David's nephew. Look out, now it's in the bloodline. Now it's somebody in the family. Now because the uncle got victory and fought a giant and killed it, contagious courage has gotten a hold of the, in the family line, in the bloodline. And if dad could whip alcoholism, I can. And if dad could conquer, if mom and dad could beat divorce, then I can. If they could regroup their life after all hell, then I can. If they could get over drug addiction, then I can. If they could, if, if mom could be a single mother and raise those children and not lose hope and not lose faith and not become bitter, then suddenly that courage becomes contagious. And the point is simply this, that 
Jonathan, David's nephew, goes out and he says, I don't care if he's got six toes or 16 toes and he's a cyclops with three eyes. This one's mine. Don't you see what God wants to do? He's not, he's, not, he's not bringing you to this church so that you can sit on a seat every Sunday and hear a talk. He's trying to stir you to become a giant killer for your family, for your finances, for your dreams, and for His kingdom. And you plug it all back into the kingdom and you come back around your men of God and your women of God on this staff and you say, listen, we're with you. We'll fight the hell and back. God has called us. We might as well dream big, do big, plan big, and believe that we could, we could reach... Oh, come on. We could reach 10,000... Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there because I'm a giant killer. Are there any other giant killers at Free Chapel this morning? One time, be seated. I'm almost done. I've got five minutes and 21 seconds and I intend to use three of them. I've had different things through the years. You know, you, you pastor ch- church and... We have a large church there in Georgia, and, and uh, there's all kinds that come. I've had people threaten. I've had, I've had uh, the the uh, not the FBI, but detectives come one time, and they said we intercepted something in prison that a man is hiring somebody to have you killed because his wife and children are coming to church, and he doesn't like the change in their life because they love Jesus and. And all of this. And so he's tried to hire someone for $1,000 to kill you. And we just need you to know to be very alert. And I'm like, are you going to follow me around? (laughs) Oh, no. But good luck. (laughs) I'm like, I almost wish you wouldn't have told me. Because now every car on our, you know, I don't live in a gated community or nothing in, in Georgia. And so I'm just, every car, I'm paranoid. Kids, run in. Our kids were little at that time. So I just knew there was an assassin out to get me. But I'll never forget one service. We had a, we had a man who, who was high on drugs. And, and uh, he, he, I don't know why, I think he was pretty much just, you know, the devil just really had a grip on his life. And he came at me, and there's a guy in our church in Georgia named DeMarco, and he is a black belt, uh, and this guy is massive. I'm talking, he, he's like this, and I don't have bodyguards because I can run real fast. That's, I, that's my deal, I'm a runner. And, but, but, but DeMarco is a, like a military type guy, and this guy is huge. You know DeMarco. He's huge, and he has multiple black belt. And, and he could kill you. I mean, he could kill you, seriously. His arms would be... But, but beyond that, he's one of those that's just real quiet that, that'll really mess you up. But, but, but this guy starts coming at me, and, and he, just, he just looks at me. He says, just give me the word. Just give me the word. And I, no, no, wait, wait. Just give me the word. Just give me the word. <laughs> He was going to roundhouse him like that girl, that preacher's daughter, roundhouse Rodney. What's her name? Rhonda. Yeah. Don't mess with a preacher's kid. Now, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about, but there's a girl fight last night in UFC, and uh, Rhonda was talking trash, and the girl she fought was a preacher's kid, and the preacher's kid kicked her upside the head and knocked her out. But let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. 
Let's keep moving. Stay on point. That's ADD stuff. That's what happens. <laughs> but that, it is a good point, a preacher's kid. I like that. And I'm going to preach that to some preacher's kids. But he was like, and I, I thought about it when I was putting this little message together that as great as that is, that he, and, and, and thankfully the guy, when he saw him step up, he kind of just got in his face. He felt a spirit of humility come on him. He sobered right up or whatever he was on. The THC and the weed just went away or whatever it's called. It just, he, it just came down real simple. And he just backed right down and turned around and walked off. And as great as that was that that guy had my back physically. I tell you what's even more powerful. It's when a pastor knows he's got a crew and he's got a group of people who will say, we'll fight to hell and back for what? It's not even about you. It's about the kingdom. But we recognize that there's a special call on your life for this season. You're the light of Israel. There's nothing grandeur about building a man up. God always uses a leader. And He has sent you some of the greatest leaders. I'm not just saying, X me out of that. I'm talking about this crew right here and their wives and husbands. They're not the norm. I'm just telling you, you don't have the norm. They're giant killers and what we are doing is so much smaller than what God has called them to. But it's not going to be them fighting alone. It's going to be when a call goes out. And I love the fact that Ben had, to, had a burden about the business people and he sends a call out. And now there's 80 to 100 business people at Thursday morning 6.30 prayer right here. Uh, that's that's mind-boggling. 80 to 100 prayer warriors of business people before they go to the office, they're gathering together and they're praying for one another. It's powerful. It's powerful. And what I'm saying to you is simply this, and you can come to the music. I'm telling you that you never hear them screaming across the field that their dream is dying. But when we just sit down and we don't stand up and we don't get involved and we don't give more than an hour on Sunday morning. And I appreciate you being here. I'm not here to beat up on you. But I'm just telling you, there's more to the kingdom than you fighting your personal battles. My marriage is doing a little better. <laughs> Praise God. Mm. Mm -mm. And here's a kingdom, a church over here, a vision, a dream, souls, multitudes in the valley of decision. And a guy feels like he's over here doing this while you're into your... My best friend didn't call me last week. And I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm, I'm a busy person. I know that that's important. What could be more important than the church? That he died and gave his life for. What could be more important than your involvement? I don't know why I'm preaching this to 9 o'clock because, I mean, you're the most amazing people. 
in the church. If you get up and come to church at 9 o'clock in the morning, you, you're probably the cream of the crop and the heathens are coming in the next service and, and the demon-possessed in the 4 and 6. They're hung over. They, they don't even get sober till around 3. So you're, you're the best. I don't know what... How do I end this? I don't know. Stand up. Here's how I'm going to end it. I want everybody in this room who would say, I'll be an Abishai. I hear a call on my life today. I've been sitting back and I love what's going on. I love what God is doing. But I'm not going to sit back anymore. I have, some, I have a role to play. You'll never know what's in you till you get out there. They never knew they could kill a giant till they actually had to fight one. And there's, there's greatness in every one of you. I want everybody in this room, male, female, if you would say, Pastor, I'd like to be an Abishai spiritually for the kingdom of God and for this church. I'll do whatever God wants me to do. And I will not... I, I think it'd be precious if all of our pastors and their wives would just come forward and stand down here. All of our pastors and their wives. I think some of their wives would be in the next Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.